Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And it's our first book episode of 2019. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about Little White Lies. Yeah, so this is by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. It's a YA book, our first book of 2019, although I've been reading a ton. Yeah, me too. It's... I'm on I'm on book seven. Ooh, I don't I don't know what I am. I think I'm I think I'm on like book ten, but only because what? I read I finished two books this weekend. I only had like ten pages left of one and then I read one all day yesterday. We'll talk about it later. I wanna hear all about it. And I started another one. I think it's like book ten or eleven. Wait, before we get to our book, I wanna hear your highs and lows. I haven't seen you. You were in Charleston, I haven't seen you in like a week and a half. Yeah, it's been a while. And we canceled on each other twice uh, this weekend. It was rude but glorious this anti-social weekend was one of my highs so I have a couple highs my um my week in Charleston with my parents was so much fun I was only there for three nights but it was just so nice getting to see their house and where they're living and like how is their new house it's really cute so it's very small and it's just like perfect for them there's their bedroom is on the lower level then they've got like this open like living area then upstairs they kind of have I guess a den office area and two bedrooms and another bathroom. How's your dad's fancy kitchen? Um, it's really nice. It's very, very fancy. They've got great new appliances. I think like we are like old house people. So we grew up in an old house and renovated parts of it. And then the house that they rented when they sold the restaurant was an old house. So they've never lived somewhere that was brand new or had like brand new appliances or like brand new furniture like they got all new furniture from Pottery Barn and like it's very nice and it's very pretty um it's really cute seeing them oh I'm so glad they're happy happy. how's Muddy um Muddy so Muddy for everyone who doesn't know is the family dog she is a walking Brillo pad slash part Airedale part Welsh Terrier and And she's crazy crazy so Becca and her bonded this summer when Becca came home to Cape Cod with me and um she but she was she loves me she would get in bed with me and sleep with me she was she's obsessed with me Aww. and that's just kind of a nice change given that Tyrion like sleeps on the chaise lounge in my bedroom across from me and just looks at me and like wants to be near me but doesn't really want to touch me Tyrion is super high right now oh my god you guys he is so stoned so my mother got him this catnip fish it's this giant fish it's like almost as big as him was like half his size and he just was not into it for a while so what I ended up doing was unzipping it just just to like so he could smell it and like see that there's catnip in there and he fell in love with it unzipped now that he can smell it so he just sits he lays there just like kicking the, the shit out of it and it's very funny so he's super stoned and he's like walking around all paranoid and crazy right now so if you guys hear weird like thumping or scratching or something in the background it's him he's really special right now yeah but back to highs and lows my high was really going to Charleston Mm -hmm. and then I had this super anti-social weekend so when I got home Becca and I had plans and she canceled on me but I was like secretly so happy then um last night I canceled on her because I found a great bookstore in my neighborhood which is there's one in the city but there's um a McNally Jackson in Williamsburg. Where is it? I didn't know that one opened it's, in Williamsburg. It's on North 4th Street and it's so nice. Oh. Um, so I spent like two hours in there. I missed my yoga class. I was just wandering around like looking. I love how they break it out by um, 
like European literature and American literature and biographies. So you can really just like spend some time like looking. I end up buying four books. I also really like that at somewhere like a McNally Jackson, that's more of an independent bookstore yes. when they have um, the cards where people who work there recommend books because you know that somebody who works there really loves books yeah. versus at a Barnes and Noble or something. I feel like it's just you know, like high school kids or college yeah. kids. And I love Barnes & Noble. I love Amazon. It's so easy to find what you're looking for. But I also love going to a bookstore because you find some things that maybe you didn't know you were looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think that my goal for this year is to only buy my books at bookstores. Unless it's like a book for the podcast that I pre-order so that it comes like the mm-hmm. day. Like I just pre-ordered our next couple of books, which we're going to announce later. That's a good goal. I'm starting to read on paper more. <gasps> You know that makes me happy. I know. I like my Kindle, especially for traveling. So I'm, I'm definitely not giving up the Kindle. But I feel like my bookshelf in my apartment looks like I was a really literate person until about 2012. And then I stopped reading. So I want to I wanna have newer books in my bookshelf. But then also my friend Allie, I was meeting her for dinner a couple of weeks ago. And she asked me if I would bring her a book to read that she would like. And I didn't have anything. Yeah. I, like, didn't have anything recent because everything I Everything's read is on, on the Kindle. Kindle. So. I know. And it makes me sad because I can pass you books that I think you'll like. But it was nice when you got me a sky-painted gold. That was a nice day. Oh, by the way, see those bags over there? You guys, I Marie Kondoed my bookshelf. Ooh. So there's three bags of books over there. And then I've got another bag over there. And I order, organized everything that I want to read by thriller, memoir, classic literature. So that I kind of know because sometimes I just find myself just picking a random book off the bookshelf. Yeah. Um, so that was an exciting little project. Good for you. Yeah. What was your high? Okay. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you should know that one of my character traits is that there is nothing I love more than having a new hobby. Yes, obviously. I, Knitting, reading. I like. I love getting really invested in a new hobby. I love buying the books and like reading up on it. I love buying all the stuff that goes with it. Like I just like. I like having a new hobby. Yeah. And I feel like I have made cooking my new hobby because it was one of my New Year's resolutions to cook more. And I have been on such a cookbook bender. I've bought probably five or six cookbooks this year. Well, you talked about that, I think, in the last episode or maybe the one before. Yeah, but then I'd only bought two and now I just keep going. Oh, wow. But I'm really into it and I feel really energized about it because now I'm like, cooking dinner is like doing my hobby as opposed to like oh I have to this is so annoying I have to make something so I'm really into cooking right now I'm amending my resolution that I want to cook more but I want to become a more intuitive cook yeah so you just kind of find ingredients and you're like oh this is what I'm gonna without recipes Yeah. yeah because I feel like right now even if I know what I want, then I have to go find a recipe and I have to follow the recipe and it may or may not come out good. And it's like, it's such yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm working on, I want to become a more intuitive cook this year. I like that. Oh, huh. also, I wanted to give an update on my high from last week, which was that I hired a cleaning lady. Oh, yeah. How was that? Oh, my God, Grace. Well, first of all, this cleaning lady might have some undiagnosed OCD issues. Well, that's the best kind of cleaning lady. She was there for six hours. And granted... How dirty is your apartment? It wasn't dirty. I mean, granted, it hadn't been deep cleaned, like clean the baseboards. Yeah. You know, really get in there type clean in a while. So it was... There was a lot to do. But over... After she left, 
for the next few days, I kept discovering things that she did. She totally cleaned and reorganized my fridge. What? Yep. Wait, do you pay her by the hour or? No, it was a flat fee. How did you find her? Through my friend Nicole. Okay. And my cleaning lady has never touched my fridge and I would love. She reorganized it. She cleaned the inside and she like totally reorganized it in a way better way. Then I noticed she cleaned the hair out of my hairbrushes. What? Which is kind of creepy. But at the same time, I was like, well, oh, great. I don't know. I think that's a little weird, but I, I don't, I can't say I would hate it. Oh my God. It was so intense. She cleaned everything. Wow. I might need to get a recommendation from you. Yeah, I'll give you her information. So I am real into this. And yeah, Yeah, I I said I was going to have her come every two weeks, but I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, mine comes once a month. I really like really waffled over getting one and was like, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's the best money you spend. I was talking to somebody. I was telling somebody. I was raving about how obsessed I am with this cleaning lady and they were like, I feel like that's too invasive when I was saying that she like went in and reorganized my refrigerator and like cleaned my hairbrush. And, oh, no, and I was I like, oh, it. I don't care. Yeah. Like when I had a professional organizer come, I had one come for a blog post that I did ages ago. I was psyched. I was like, yeah, touch everything. Nothing's off limits. Like yeah. I don't have any secrets. Like just go get in there and like make me an organized person. Yeah. Oh, I am. I'm still riding high for my cleaning lady. Oh, I love that. What about low? Tell me your low. Um, low, I would just say I'm a little overwhelmed on the work front. I, um, cause this is what happens when I travel. It's always I so spend the whole weekend away. working and I've got another trip. I'm going to Minnesota to see my sister and celebrate my nephew's third birthday. So I just, uh, it's just like you get, you end up cramming a lot more work into a lot less time. And then I become antisocial and like get a little bit like reclusive but it's fine because I got to see my parents in Charleston and I finally get to meet my new nephew and I get to celebrate my favorite nephew's third birthday you can't say he's your favorite nephew well he's he's my favorite till I meet the new one. Oh, okay yeah okay and then I have my favorite niece in Brooklyn but she's your only niece yeah so that's easy yeah yeah I love them so much though what about you okay so this one's a little silly but I'm serious about this. So last week I replaced the light bulbs in my bathroom and it's so much brighter in there. And ever since I did it, I've been discovering so many white hairs on my head. Like I have found it. I've never noticed a white hair on your head. I found at least six. Oh, interesting. And obviously they're not new because they're all long. Yeah. So it's not as if they just happened overnight, but I am irrationally angry about it. Getting old sucks. It's also, it happens more with people with brown hair. Like, my younger sister has so many gray, she's going to kill me. She has so (laughs) many gray hairs. Like, if she pulls her hair back, she has a whole streak. Yeah, but I also don't dye my hair. And neither does Becca, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's easier. Like, I know so many of my friends who dye their hair. So, like, you know, they they don't get grays. They're not dyeing it to cover their grays. But, like, it's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm really self-conscious about it. I got ready for an event on uh, Wednesday night, and I was so late to the event because as I was doing my hair, I was going through each piece of hair as I was curling it, and I was, like, looking for white hairs. Oh, no, don't do that. I'm just feeling – it feels old to have white hairs. Yeah, but you're not that old. No, I know, and I don't have that many, but I'm just – You're so funny. I'm feeling my age because of my white hairs. So, yeah, that's my low. 
That's a that's a funny low. I don't think you have anything to worry about, but it's but it's not about worrying about it. It's just like Feeling how it's old. making me feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Well, I want to talk about this book, but before we get into it, it's Desperation Minute. Yeah, so guys, are you sick of Desperation Minute yet? Probably. Yeah, but you know what? We don't care because we're giving you free entertainment. And all we need from you is to go to iTunes and leave us a review. It's so easy. Give us five stars. Write something creative. Or don't. I mean, we love the written ones. Like, they are absolute favorite things to read through. But it means the world. And if you don't want to leave a review or you already left one, Becca, what can they do? Oh, they can share us on their Instagram story and tag us so that all of their friends learn about the podcast, too. Yes. And we love putting you guys up on our stories when you share it. So do it. Wait. Can we have an extra long desperation minute yes. for a minute? I just want to read my favorite review that we got in the past couple of weeks. Okay. I need to find it. Is it the one that compared us to Sex and the City characters? Yeah. That made me laugh so hard. It was hard. really funny. Except I still think I'm a Miranda, so I I don't know what to say there. This person's review starts with, like, reading a convo with your best friend. Oh, like having a convo with your best friend. Okay. So this is my favorite review that we've gotten recently. It's from somebody whose handle is Texas Listener 101 So she wrote, like... Having a convo with your best friend. Stumbled upon this podcast after following Grace's blog, and not only do I have mad respect for Grace for being super transparent and enriched blogger in a world of, well, not as much enrichment. (laughs) Thank you. But I was now introduced to Becca, who feels just like me. You could compare Becca to Miranda and Grace to Carrie, and we all know those two were the closest friends and the most similar beliefs anyway. Also, Becca has convinced me to buy a Kindle. Sorry, Grace, I just have zero room and books are so heavy. So once I do, I'll listen to all of the book episodes. But for now, just the advice podcasts have been my jam on my otherwise dull bus commutes. I'm long-windedly telling you, listen to this podcast. It's intelligent yet down to earth, kind, funny, entertaining, and just good for the soul. That is my favorite review we've gotten in a while, too. It makes me so happy. It's hilarious. Except and I-, I think I'm Miranda, so... Do you know what? So what? Alex, tech, our friend Alex texted me yeah. after, I I think both of us shared this review on our Instagram story. Yeah. And she's like, I hear the words out that you're a Miranda. And I was like, oh, I did not need a review to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been aware of that for a long time. That's so funny. She's the best character on Sex and the City. I, mean, I actually have a blog post coming out Watching it as it. an adult, she's the only one that. She's the only actual sane one yeah. in the whole show. They're all crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Go get your creative writing on. Leave us a review. If you're not feeling it, just leave us five stars. Someone say that I'm Miranda, too, because I'm not as self-absorbed as Carrie, I swear. (laughs) She's awful. I love her, but she's awful. Uh, I do like her wardrobe, though. So that has been your desperation minute. Yeah, it was like a desperation 10 minutes, but sorry, it's our podcast. We do what we want. Let's (laughs) talk about this book. Yes, let's. Okay, so... To kind of give you the vibe of the book, it's a little bit Gossip Girl meets, so Grace meets Paper Princess, but without the smut, which I get. Yeah, because she gets, like, taken from the the wrong side of the tracks and, like, put into a rich house. I think it's a little Pretty Little Liars, too. Oh, see, they're I, all I've never watched that. And they're solving 
crime. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or they're solving a mystery, rather. I can see that. I've only seen, like, one episode of Pretty Little Liars. Me, so. too. But I know, like, the okay. general plot. Ilana loved that show. I know she did. Yeah, I miss... Um, Ilana, if you're listening, we miss you. So... It's kind of like Gossip Girl meets Paper Princess meets Pretty Little Liars, but it's set in the South. Yes. Okay. So we have our protagonist, Sawyer Taft, and she is living on the wrong side of the tracks in in a small southern town. We don't really get which town it is, but um, her mother got pregnant as a teenager and was actually disowned by her entire family. So it's always just been the two of them. And you really get the impression that Sawyer is super responsible and like kind of the adult there. And her mom is super flighty and like always picking up with the next boyfriend or like her next love interest. Totally. So one day Sawyer's estranged grandmother Lillian shows up and she basically offers her half a million dollars if she is willing with the contingency that she goes to live with Lillian and she participates in the debutante season. Yeah. So Sawyer (laughs) has a bad vibe about her family because of the whole abandonment thing. And she doesn't really want anything to do with Southern society, but the money is still pretty enticing because half a million dollars is half a million dollars and it would allow her to pay for college. But there's also another upside and that's figuring out who her father is. Yes. So Sawyer moves in with her grandmother and her aunt Olivia and their family, her uncle JD and her two cousins. Um, And suddenly she is just immersed in this whole world of debutantes. She has this prim and proper cousin Lily, um, the beautiful friend Sadie Grace, who's the daughter of an oil tycoon, and then the really manipulative and kind of comes across as a villain, Campbell, who is the senator's daughter. So the book alternates between past and present day, where all four debutantes are locked up in jail, and eight months ago, leading up to how they all ended up in jail. So kind of the four girls' history, I guess, starts with Campbell is blackmailing Lily, who's Sawyer's cousin. And there's this scandalous blog where a girl is taking tasteful nudes. Tasteful nudes. Like, I don't think there's any, like, nipple or, like, I think it's just, like, maybe you see, like, the side of her waist or, like, the under boob or, like, a lace bra. Yeah. So she's taking tasteful nudes with people are writing in secrets and she's writing the secrets on her body and taking these artful photos. Yes. So... It turns out that Lily is behind the blog. Campbell finds out and is blackmailing her. Mm-hmm. So we also find out that Lily used to date Campbell's brother, Walker, mm-hmm. and that he suddenly and kind of seemingly out of the blue broke up with her. Yeah. So she's been pretty depressed about it. Mm-hmm. So Lily and Sadie Grace, who are best friends, have basically held Campbell hostage in the pool house tied up so dramatic so dramatic and she's on a juice cleanse and they're still feeding her her juices yeah. which I thought, I was, thought hilarious. That was hilarious like they Sadie Grace was all scared and terrified running to out to get Campbell her juices while she was their hostage yeah she was and still scared of the hostage Sawyer follows them one night when they go to look in on Campbell and she discovers both the secret that Lily has this blog but then also that the two of them are have kidnapped Campbell. Yes. 
So Campbell manages to escape, and then debutante season progresses, and we see this weird friendship-frenemy situation arising. So basically, Campbell is kind of the head bitch. She runs the show. She's also blackmailing the, the three the other three girls for kidnapping her. Which is Yeah, which is logical. fair. Yeah. Yeah. So one night, there's this video scavenger hunt that they're doing as part of the debutante, I don't know, season thing. And Campbell tells the girls that they have to cover for her. And she's been saying all along that she, quote, doesn't have friends. She has alibis. She's, like, very cold. Yeah, and this is where that line kind of starts to make sense. And so they cover for her, but then when they get home from the scavenger hunt, there are all these police cars that are at Campbell's grandfather's house. Mm -hmm. And we learn that a piece of jewelry which in a roundabout way used to belong to Sawyer's grandmother, but had changed hands in a charity auction, uh, had been stolen from Campbell's grandfathers. So throughout all of this, there is a guy, Nick. And Nick is a valet at the country club. And we definitely get this vibe that he is a working class, like super good-looking, muscly guy. It kind of seemed like he was Campbell's like little boy toy. And Campbell has been having a fling with him. So the drama starts, and this is going to be, this is a lot to cover. Like, so much happened in this book, but we're going to try. Okay. So Campbell frames Nick for stealing the pearls. And we realize that Nick has gone through something terrible. His brother was the victim of a hit-and-run accident and is in an assisted living facility in a coma. And it turns out that Campbell is actually has this major family secret. So she, her brother Walker, and her father, the senator, were driving home from a wedding, and they hit Nick's brother and just left him there. The senator was driving, but he couldn't take the fall for it, so he told Walker that he, that Walker was the one driving. This is why Walker is so fucked up, and he broke up with Lily. He thinks he's unworthy. He thinks he's a terrible person. So all this time, Walker actually hadn't done anything wrong, but he thinks he's a killer. So Campbell knows all of this and is determined, major twist alert, to take down her father. So Campbell is actually framing her father for framing Nick it's a double frame Mm -hmm. so the girls go through this really elaborate scheme to take down the senator Mm -hmm. so while this is all happening there's a parallel storyline with Sawyer's family first of all it comes out that her family had never abandoned her mother her mother walked away and wanted nothing to do with them and they cared all along and Lillian has been trying has been paying the bar that Sawyer's mom works at to keep her employed. Yes. More importantly, though, she's still trying to figure out who her father is and also patching things up with her mother while all this is going on because the mother shows up spontaneously. She ultimately lands on it being the senator as her father. She confronts him on it and he actually threatens to kill her if she becomes inconvenient to him. So they use this little recording because she records him saying this in her t- in their takedown. So it actually comes out in the very last chapter. Sawyer is dancing with Davis, who is the senator's father, and who she thinks is her grandfather. And at the very last minute, we learn that she was wrong and the senator had actually gotten another girl pregnant and that's who he thought Sawyer was talking about when he when she confronted him yes and he'd actually impregnated this girl named 
Anna, who was one of her mother's best friends. And Sawyer's father is actually her uncle, so her mother's sister's husband. Mm-hmm. Olivia's husband. Olivia's husband. So Lily is actually her half-sister and not her cousin. Whoa. And we're totally set up for a sequel because, like, we have no idea who Anna is. And it kind of leaves it on a mysterious note where Sawyer hasn't told Lily that they're actually half-sisters. So if you get the vibe that this is a soap opera, It's a soap opera. It's a major soap opera. And I cannot wait for the book, too. Yeah, it was really twisty and, like, very gossipy. Mm -hmm. It really upsets me when I start the first book of a trilogy and have to wait for, like, a year or two years. It's like the thousandth floor. Like, that was one of my all-time favorites, and then I had to wait so long. There's something really wonderful about discovering a trilogy after the fact. Yes. Like, when we discovered the selection, but all of the books were were out. out. Yeah. So then you can just bury yourself in for a weekend Uh with all of the books and just, like, go on a total bender. Yeah. Ugh. I know. It sucks waiting. Yeah. But I'm going to be so excited when the next one comes out. I know. Okay, so wait. So I read this book... You I read think it in first. December, mm-hmm. and I we were trying to figure out what our books were. And I was like, I think it, this should be one of them. But I want to know what you thought. It sounds like you liked it. Oh, I absolutely loved it. So it started out slowly for me, but um, I was reading the book, and I had this stomach bug, and I just spent the whole day reading it, and I was so enthralled. I could not guess the twists. Like you know that I tend to guess mm-hmm. the twists with all these thrillers and YA things, and I was totally thrown off, like multiple times. I was thrown off by what Campbell was doing, and then I was really thrown off when I found out JD was the, the father. Totally. Oh yeah. My God. I was hooked from the book jacket summary. So I will read anything that's a little Gossip Girl adjacent. But I did not realize that there was also this whole mystery, like murder mystery plot line. Too. Yeah. So it really feels like the perfect blend of our interests. Yes. There's murder and there's like YA and unsupervised teens. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't usually like high schooly books. You but like if they're not supervised, seven. I like it. True. Yeah. They just have to be like really like act, like teens acting like adults. Okay. Because you yeah. usually like more dystopian ones where the teens yeah. oh, are I love a dystopian society. enslaved or mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. The teens are enslaved killing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Hunger Games. But not in high school. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're usually not even in high school because it's like such a dystopian society. Yeah, there is no high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. So the thing that we have to talk about. The ads. I feel like the number one controversy with this book. Yeah, in the Facebook group, everyone was going nuts over it. And we were like, yeah, this, this is weird. So basically, in the book, there are these pictures that are at the end of chapters that are posts from Lily's blog yeah and so they're kind of hard to see too because they're not very big and yeah. you can't really tell what they are because it's black and white or at least it was on the kindle version yeah I found them really distracting so there's these photos that are like it would it looks like they're ads for something mm-hmm. for secrets on my skin yes and so the book is actually published by freeform press and I think this I have no idea if this is true but I assume that it's the same freeform as the tv network Interesting. So when I first started reading this, I thought this was like promos for one of their upcoming TV shows. And I was like, wow, this is pretty interesting. I've never seen a book with ads in it. I was like, I I don't know. That's interesting. It took me until 
I don't know, like a third of the way in before I realized what they were. I was the same way. And I actually had read a book with ads in it. There's this book called Waiting for Waiting at Hayden's, which is a super cute, like, I guess a romance book. And there were all these ads in it, like how to shop the clothes. And it was really annoying because then oh, it, took, about that. it takes you to the author's blog and then it has like all the clothing, what she could have been wearing, reward style links. And I was like, that's, it felt really tacky to me and like really bugged me. But because I had already seen that, I, um, I saw this and was just like, oh, it's an ad. I'm just going to skip over it. Yeah. But it's part of the story. I mean, it's not yeah. a very important part of the story, yeah. but People in our Facebook group were up in arms. There must have been Especially at least... the Kindle readers, because people yeah. thought that the, there was Kindle ads or yeah. something happening. Everyone was confused. There must have been at least 10 posts where everyone was like, what the fuck? My book has ads in it. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, like they thought they had bought like a bad book. Yeah. Or like the wrong copy. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I did too. It was weird. Yeah. They didn't... I mean, it made sense as you got into the book, but it wasn't really preface well where I understood why everyone was confused yeah yeah so this is one of those books where there's four girls there's like a group of friends yeah did you have a favorite debutante was one of them your fave yeah you know I really liked all of the characters I thought that the character development of this book was really good Mm -hmm. like you really get a sense for each girl and her personality but I ended up really loving Campbell she's feisty and I liked that you could kind of tell that she had a good side like little things would come up like throughout the book I can't think of examples right now but you could tell she wasn't actually bad oh I was so suspicious of her the whole book even to the very end I was like oh "Oh, she's gonna be bad like she's gonna be evil no no I liked her and I would really love if in the sequel we see like a tighter friendship and like her becoming a little bit more vulnerable emerging between her and the other girls yeah that'd be nice yeah what about you Okay, so I liked Sawyer because she was above the fray and thought that this whole Deb scene thing was ridiculous. Although, if I were in high school, I probably would be super into it. Oh my god, I'd be so into it. She kind of reminded me a little of, um, what's her face from the selection? Like, the typical, oh, like, yeah, yeah. she's pretty but, like, doesn't care. Well, like, she's the Ryan Atwood of this story. Oh my god. Oh, the OC. Um, yes. So I liked her, mm-hmm. but I actually really liked Sadie Grace, so... In YA books, they're always there's always the girl, the main character is like always, she doesn't know she's pretty, mm-hmm. but then she gets a boyfriend and she realizes that she was, you know, had self-worth all along and that she's actually beautiful. Yeah. And Sadie Grace is basically described as this like Disney princess, gorgeous girl. And it's not that she doesn't know she's really pretty, but she is awkward as hell. And yeah. so I loved that. She's like. You know, Sawyer's like, oh, all these boys have crushes on you. And she's like, no, they only think they do. Like, they don't know me at all. And I actually thought that was really. Yeah, that was cute. Cute and different than a lot of books where, like, she knew she was gorgeous, but she still wasn't. Well, she wasn't the queen bee and she also she knows she's was not pretty, She also guy. knows she's awkward. She's really self-aware. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I really loved the friendship between Lily and Sawyer. So I just had this feeling in my head that they weren't going to get along like that was going to be what happened like well maybe in the next book they're not going to get along well yeah Lily finds out but I thought that Sawyer and Lily were immediately going to butt heads but I loved that Lily kind of immediately took Sawyer under her arm and was like really really sweet to her yeah what about the grandmother I liked her I mean I liked her as a character 
And I loved, oh my gosh, so she's the one who finally bails them out of jail. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, really funny. And I felt like her heart was in the right place. But like, I don't know. It was it was so weird that she had never tried to visit before. Like there was something that just didn't quite make sense. I agree. But I liked her. I thought she was a badass. I also, in a sequel, I'm really hoping for a love story between her and Campbell's grandfather. Yeah. It seems like really we're like going that. that way. That would be fun. I love an old person um, love story. Like when yeah, they're in sure. their 60s or 70s and fall in love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. I'm here for that. Yes. Same. Yeah. Oh, I love this book. Wait. So I want to talk about, you said you got major paper princess Oh my God. Yes. Tell me. Like not in a smutty way. It was just more like, especially that first chapter. I just felt like, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Like this poor girl who's like very has to be so mature for her age because her parents are like well I mean paper princess wasn't the mother dead yeah she died yeah the mother was dead but she was like the mother was a stripper and she was a stripper I don't even remember what happened in paper princess it was so long ago but this felt very similar to that but like more pg okay I guess I can see that Mm -hmm. should we should we just do a quick rewind for any new yeah, so the paper princess, I feel like this is our can of worms that we it's like started. It's a total can of worms. We haven't done an episode about it here. Maybe we should. It's the trashiest trilogy. Oh my god, it's There's such trash. There's so much sex in it. It's so great. It's basically the plot is that this girl who is a stripper, um, and her mom is dead. Uh, this guy, this like wealthy, middle aged guy comes out of nowhere and is basically like, I'm your guardian now. I'm Mm -hmm. your dead father's best friend. And so she goes to live with him and his, like, three sons. I think it's four sons. Three or four, yeah. And she's, like, hooking up with two of them. Oh, my God. And they're having, like, it's not PG-13 sex. It's very graphic, but it's wonderful. Did you know that when I Marie Kondo's my my bookshelf this weekend, I kept that whole trilogy? (laughs) Like, I was like, you know, even the selection, I only kept the one book. Yeah. I passed them on to friends, and I just have yeah. the first one now. I kept the whole trilogy. I it's, don't know if I'm going to reread it, but. It, it's so terrible where I would feel, like, I couldn't in good conscience be like, I recommend that you read this, but I can guarantee that you would probably enjoy it if you read it. Uh-huh. So if you guys need something trashy to read. Yeah, order the so whole and trashy. order them all at once because you'll fly through no, them. No, don't order them all because there's actually a book four and five that are about Easton. So I think we only read one to three. Yeah, order one through three, yeah. not the other two. Yeah. Um, uh, I have so many books to read, but I really wouldn't mind just sitting down and rereading that trilogy. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Uh, so wait, back to this book. The yeah, ending one book at a time. and the twist. Oh, Did my you God. See it? So I said I didn't see it coming. No, I didn't see anything coming. I no. didn't see that this was, like, a murder mystery coming. I, like, didn't even realize that that was part of it when I picked up the book and, until, like, part of the way through. I didn't see that Campbell was actually good coming. Yeah, she, I did. I, I just had a feeling I, she was oh, going to be good. I totally thought that, it, that she was going to be evil. Um, didn't see the Walker thing coming that, like, the senator was framing him. Also, I thought the father, I thought for sure there was this other guy who was her mom's best friend. And yeah, I thought they kind of set it up for that. he was going to be the father. Mm-hmm. 
So, I was shocked when I saw that JD was the father. I was oh, like, yeah. I mean, that's like taking it to another level, like bordering incest. And he was already married to her sister when like, that's he got fucked her up. Pregnant. Yeah. I don't think they were married yet. I think they were just like dating. Uh, I, I don't, don't remember. know. I think they were married, but I don't remember. Anyway, no. To answer your question, I did not see any of the twists coming. I was like blindsided by all of them, which is really fun in a book. Yeah, I that's my favorite thing. When a book tricks me, I'm the happiest. Yeah. And then there was that whole pregnancy pact uh-huh. thing going on. So basically it comes out at the end that Greer, who's Sadie Grace's stepmother, had basically started a pregnancy pact when they were in high school. And she'd gotten pregnant and then she convinced Sawyer's mom and then this other woman, Anna, who we know we don't nothing know about, about to also get pregnant. It was super confusing. And I feel like this must be like a central point of one of the next books in the trilogy. Yes. But yeah, it was really weird. Mm-hmm. It was like, again, did not see it coming. But I mean, I do like a pregnancy pact storyline. Do you remember when the actual pregnancy pact thing happened in real life? I don't, and you have this in the notes, and um, it was. It, I thought you might know about it because it was a Massachusetts thing. Yeah, so I was. If you were twenty three, I was probably like already living in New York by then. Oh, it was like a big deal. So it was. Um, it was somewhere in the North Shore, like I don't know if it was in Lynn or somewhere, and there was a pregnancy pact where like ten girls in the high school class all got pregnant, and they made a Lifetime movie about it. That sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, it was a big. It was a big thing. So I. I like the, like, ripped from the headlines pregnancy pact. Um, I'm into it. I'd love to read more about pregnancy packs. Maybe I need to watch this Lifetime movie. I remember it being very interesting at the time. Yeah. So, go for it. What about the humor of this book? Oh, my God. So, I unexpectedly found this book to be hilarious. I did, too. So, basically, the opening scene, the four girls are in jail, and this rookie cop gets assigned to deal with them Mm -hmm. and he has no idea what to do because they're all in ball gowns he Mm -hmm. doesn't know what crime they've committed he's left alone you get the sense they are smarter than him for sure it was like I just thought that the point of view was so interesting and funny Mm -hmm. it was kind of slapstick I hope they make a tv series out of this couldn't you see it being such an addictive show. Oh my god, it would be such a good show. Yeah, not even a movie, just a TV series. So I want to know, like, is there some kind of board or, like, consultant or somebody who recommends to Netflix what YA book should be adapted into series? Because, like, I want in on that. I'll that do it for free. my dream job. I'll like, do how it for do we, free. Hey, Netflix, if you're listening, we want in. Well, I was talking to Ashley Spivey on on Instagram DM, and we were saying what a good movie A Sky Painted Gold would be. Oh, it would be such a good movie. Like, I have so many ideas for Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I want a meeting. Mm Mm-hmm. I want a meeting. I also want to be the person that creates ideas for their holiday movies. Oh, my God. You'd be so good at it. There would be even more bakeries. Oh, that's so old. Yeah. I'm so over the bakery. I hate that every woman owns a bakery. Yeah. But... Or they, like, live in a big city and discover that the big city is bad and they must move to the small town. Oh, my God. The memes about the, like, as a, as, like, as a urban 
like semi-professional or semi-successful like white male I know that my greatest fear is like my girlfriend going to a small town and learning the true meaning of Christmas from some like blue collar hunk is like have you seen those memes no but that's amazing oh my god it's so funny that is so funny I'm gonna have I don't know how you even look for those but I can find it for you okay I definitely have it screenshotted on my phone somewhere oh that's good they're so funny yeah yeah I thought this book was like a true delight like it was frothy enough that it was really interesting it had a ton of twists like I thought it was really funny I'm like I was surprised by how good it is because often I feel like YA books are really compulsively readable but like they're not great yeah I thought this one was good Mm -hmm. I agree yeah I'm I'm gonna read the trilogy I'm excited I will absolutely read the whole trilogy I feel like it's gonna be interesting because like I mean the crime is solved but shit's about to go down majorly like yeah. we have we're gonna find out about Anna what's gonna happen between Sawyer and Lily they're sisters now oh my it's god it's gonna be good yeah I'm into yeah. it Oof. so anyway should we move along yeah but I want to I also want to tell people I want to hear what everyone else thought about it in the Facebook group. yeah so go in the Facebook group and let's all just talk about this yeah yeah so do that yeah okay obsessions obsessions Becca, what are you obsessed with this week? Have you watched either of the Firefest documentaries? No, I've just been reading nonstop. Okay. You, I, I know that I'm not the only person to be obsessed with this. So this is not original, but you need to watch the Firefest It's all anyone's talking about. Sometimes when everyone's talking about it, I deliberately resist. So last weekend I was in Boston and on... Which one's better? I think you should start with the Netflix one. Okay. They both have their, their pros and cons, but... Um, on Saturday night I was in Boston it was snowing and so we were gonna get snowed in and have a game night and my friend Allie was like oh we'll watch the Firefest documentaries and I was so poo-pooey about it I was not interested at all yeah she's like we'll just put it on the background I was like no like this sounds so stupid I don't care at all so this is coming from somebody who was very skeptical about them okay she put it on I was riveted okay it, it's so interesting okay like just how this all happened is so interesting like it's crazy I'm gonna watch them so or one of them maybe tonight start with the Netflix one the Netflix one has it was produced by the fuck Jerry people who were involved in the marketing for the festival okay so they have all of the footage of like while it was happening because I think they thought that this I don't know I think they thought that they were gonna make a documentary about how great it was not about how spectacularly it failed so there's a lot of footage of like while everything was happening oh interesting and then they also have all the people who are involved so yeah. they have like people who were working on it who they're interviewing yeah and it talks about kind of like the lead up to it then the hulu one talks more about well so they have billy who's the main scammer guy yeah in it and they they paid him for an interview which is kind of shady so they have his side and then they kind of deal with like his background and then more of the aftermath yeah but they definitely don't have the footage there's a ton of really awkward stock footage okay um I think they're they're they both look at it from different points of view so it's not like watching the same story twice yeah oh it is so interesting okay I I gotta do it for anyone who's been seeing it on social and is really skeptical like I was skeptical too and I highly recommend it okay yeah what about what about you oh I have a few well just two so the first one is Hungry Root um our friend Molly is I want to say she's the head of marketing or the CMO there and she sent me a box and 
I am obsessed. So Hungry Root, it's like a, I mean, they have meat and stuff too, so it's not just vegan, but they started with spiralized vegetable noodles, and then they also have all these amazing sauces and this really delicious chocolate black bean brownie batter, mm-hmm. and I've just been cooking like different things from that box like all week long and I find that I like that it's not necessarily big recipes and things it's just like here are a bunch of cool ingredients like make what oh, you so want Oh so it's from like it. supplies it's not necessarily yeah. a kit. So like there was this oh god it's called garlic parm sauce. Oh my god it's hmm. totally vegan and I put that on some kohlrabi noodles with like a little bit of pesto and it's literally just noodles and you cook them in a pan for a little while. I felt like I was having like this like indulgent garlic parm pasta, but Ooh. I didn't have the pasta or cream stomach ache the next day. Ooh. So I'm obsessed. The black, okay. the bleh, I can't say it. It's like a it's a it's like a tongue twister. Black bean brownie. Black bean brownie batter. Black bean brownie batter. Um, <laughs> it's a t- it's a legit tongue twister. Is so good. It does taste taste a little bit beany, but it tastes just like you're having this like rich fudgy treat. Interesting. So I'm super into that. The other one is I just started listening to the Armchair Expert podcast with Dax Shepard. I mean, I feel like if you listen to podcasts, you probably listen to this one. But he has these really – the episodes are so long. They're like two hours That each. is the thing that has put me off it. I yeah. tried to listen to the first one, it's, and I listened so to about long. half. I wish they were about – yeah. So right now I'm halfway through his interview with Jay Leno. And it's just so cool, like, listening to him sit down with Jay Leno, who's one of the – I guess one of the world's greatest comics. And, like, hearing Jay Leno just give his perspective, he's so down to earth and – Wait, Jay Leno is or Dash J- Jay Leno. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was funny listening – in, at one point, Jay Leno kind of lectures Dax a little bit on, like, getting some perspective and spending some time in the middle of the country to realize how privileged she is. Um, it's good. But the episodes are so long. Yeah, they're, like, two, they're like over two hours. Yeah, I like a podcast to be, like, an hour. Like, I know sometimes when we have guests, they get a little bit longer. But I think that, like, an hour is kind of my sweet spot. Yeah. But I love it. What about on – Instagram. I see what you wrote in the outline, but I have no idea what this is. So mine is CBT school. What's CBT? I don't know. Isn't um, it like cognitive behavioral therapy? It might be. Oh, okay. It's um, all these just, it's really um, uplifting, empowering quotes. Like a lot of them are about anxiety and stress. Um, I think that the person who runs it is a therapist. So what got me onto this was I did a blog post this week about eight uplifting Instagram accounts to follow. And the reader comments on that post were really good because I got all these recommendations for new Instagram accounts to follow. And that came out, this came out of that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. It's just like, like little pearls of wisdom. Oh, I love that. What about you? Okay. So when we talk about books, I will tell you how much I enjoyed the dining in cookbook more than just saying it at a high level because I'm so obsessed. But anyway, the woman who wrote it is this woman Allison Roman and her Instagram handle is Allison E. Roman and okay. she's a contributor to Bon Appetit and the New York Times and Ooh. she wrote this cookbook but she's also I don't know she seems like in her 30s in New York City and um, I'm like low-key obsessed with her mm. so I'm really enjoying her on Instagram yeah so yeah cool I'm gonna check her out yeah what about books what are you reading right now I have a lot to tell you Ooh. 
So I'm looking at those lists and I see a lot. I know. So I finished last week I was reading Two Can Keep a Secret, which is the new uh Karen McManus book, the same woman who wrote One oh. of Us Is Lying. Mm-hmm. For me, I was kind of meh on this. Oh, I'm glad I didn't order it. It was on my list. You like thrillers more than I do, so maybe you would like it. But I'm getting really picky about my thrillers. I didn't love it. Okay. It wasn't terrible, but I wasn't obsessed. Okay. But, um, oh, and then the other uh, real book that I read was uh, Conversations with Friends, which is Sally Rooney's first book. Okay. And I enjoyed that immensely. It was really, really good. Um, I will give you a little spoiler that we've picked our books for until May. And our May book is going to be Sally Rooney's second book, Normal People, which has been getting so much buzz and was released in uh, the EU last August, but doesn't get released in the US until April. So I read her first book. It was really great. Um, The one thing I will say is that I found the ending a little disappointing. And I feel like sometimes when I read more literary fiction, the endings disappoint me because with all of these brain candy books, all of these like frothy books, they always have such like a neat ending. Yeah. You know? And obviously real life is not like that. Yeah. But sometimes like even with um, Little Fires Everywhere, like I also felt similarly not satisfied by the ending. Yes, I agree. I love Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah. But I was kind of like, okay. Yeah. So I really. There's no big. Yeah. Whatever the word is. So I really enjoyed this book, but the ending, I felt like it didn't ruin it for me by any means, but it just like wasn't satisfying in the same way that like a pretty uh, or a little white lies like, you know, like we find out who the yeah, who the killer is and like who her father is and, you know, like everything's wrapped up. Yes. So but I did enjoy it and I would recommend it to you. Okay. But in addition to my like book reading my literature reading I mentioned at the beginning of the episode I've been on such a cookbook bender so I mentioned last time that I bought Gwyneth Paltrow's cookbook I returned it oh no I got it in the mail so I haven't looked at it yet it just came I did not like it it is cleanse based and it's like too healthy oh okay I looked through it and I was like there is nothing in here that I want to make Oh, the no. other thing, so I posted in our Facebook group, and the other thing that so many people recommended to me was the Skinny Taste One and Done Cookbook. I don't I, like anything that has the word skinny in the conf, in the in the heading. So I bought that, and I also returned it. It felt I don't know how to describe it, but it felt like a little too like basic bitch. Okay. It felt like it would be really helpful if you were trying to cook for kids, which okay. the author does have kids. But I was like. I'm not excited by any of this. Okay. But I, um, another cookbook that was recommended in this Facebook thread was Dining In by Alison Roman. And I loved the cookbook. It was like, there's a lot of things I want to make from it. I also felt like she was just like in a, a similar life stage to me. Like she doesn't have children. She lives in New York. So she has a small kitchen. She, you know, is you know, cooking at the end of a long day and isn't, like, making this elaborate, like, nine-course meal. I don't know. So I was really into that one. Okay. 
And then I have like a full cart on Amazon ready to go. Ooh. The other thing that I mentioned uh, two episodes ago was that book that I bought by Jacqueline London. It was mm-hmm. called Dressing on the Side and it's about food or diet or health myths. Yeah. I'm reading it really slowly because I'm not really good with nonfiction, but I'm really... I read nonfiction so slowly. Yeah. But I'm really enjoying it and finding it very helpful. Cool. So I just wanted to like flag that because I mentioned that yeah. I bought it, but... Yeah. Just to loop back. What about you? What are you reading? Oh, I just had like a very book heavy weekend. So I finished. So when I was I was with a friend last weekend and we were on the Upper East Side and he brought me into this really cool bookstore called Albert called Albertine Books. And it's a French bookstore, but they have this little table in the middle with all these French books translated into English. And so I picked up this tiny little book, mostly because it was cute, but also because it sounded really crazy and interesting, called The Governesses. And it's only 100 pages long, and it's kind of like this little French fairy tale, but it gets really sexual. And, like, these women, they're governesses, like, at this random country house, and they get, like, very, like, ferocious, and they attack these men in the woods and have sex with them. It's it's super weird, but, like, was a fun... It was it was a total departure from the books I usually read, and okay. I, I really enjoyed that. I'm also on similar to you. I'm reading something nonfiction, and it's taking me forever to get through. I got after Katie Storino's episode. I ordered the messy middle, mm-hmm. which I am not sure if I'm going to keep reading it to be honest, because I don't know that everything is really pertaining to what I do. I'm not trying to sell a business or like have a, an ending mm-hmm. for what I do. It's kind of like the same thing, but like growing and like taking it in different directions. So I don't know how relevant it is to what I do, but I am still enjoying it. Okay. And then yesterday I started reading A Sky Painted Gold and I texted you because the beginning was like a little bit slow. Like I was so nervous. So if you missed it, this was the book that I was raving about. Becca bought it for me. Yeah. this I was raving about it our first episode back. It was one of the best books that I've read recently. And I was really pissed off because it has no reviews on Amazon. Like nobody has read this book. I don't understand not it. That it's popular. so good. It's like a, I would say it's a modern Great Gatsby, but only because it was written more recently. It right. takes place in 1929. And um, it's about this girl living in Cornwall. And there's this little island off the coast where this family has this beautiful mansion and this glamorous life. And um, the two kids are orphaned. They're like 23 and 18 maybe and they kind of take her under their wing to like these all these fabulous parties and it's just a very fun book oh it was and there's so a romance and oh my god and it was beautiful it was beautiful I am so glad you liked it when you texted me it. yesterday you were like does it get better because I'm not really into it and I was like oh my god yeah so that was I, d- I did that then I went out and I went to the bookstore and bought my other books and then I came home and stayed up and I finished it at like 11. And then I started another book after that. I started reading, which I think we'll probably be able to talk about more um, in next week's episode because I'm only about 40 pages in. I started reading My Beautiful Friend, which has gotten a ton of critical acclaim. It's by this Italian author and it's just been translated into English. And then there's three of them. And it's just beautifully written. I'm enjoying it so much so far. My mother said she couldn't get into it, but um, I I love it so far. Is so, it my brilliant friend? Oh, sorry. Well, yes, I keep calling it my beautiful friend, my brilliant oh, friend. No, I'm trying to my look brilliant it up so friend. that I can. 
find it. It also yes. is a Netflix show. Yes, it's turning. I guess it's. I think it's on HBO. HBO. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, my brilliant friend. So we'll talk more about that next week because I'll have read more. But I'm I'm loving it. It's one of those books where you hang on to every word because it's really beautifully written. But I love it. I want to hear more. I might yeah. want to borrow it. Yeah, maybe I'll lend it to you, and you could read a paper book. Well, I'll trade you. I I didn't mention it because I just started a, a new book, but I'll talk about it next week. But maybe I'll trade you. Oh, perfect. Okay. All right. So I think that wraps this episode up. Do we have anything else to say? Oh, wait. We should tell people about our next book. Oh, yes. What are our next books? Okay. So for February, we're reading 99% Mine, which is by Sally Thorne. It's her newest one. I think it just came out. It just came out. Yeah. So she wrote The Hating Game. Which, which you guys loved. I loved it, too. Becca was kind of meh on it. I did not love it. But I'm going to give this one a chance. Okay. So that's our February book. Then for March, we're reading Verity by Colleen Hoover. Which I've heard It is, sounds like it's right up my alley. It's I've heard Ugh. it's super screwed up. I can't wait. It's like a thriller, very dark. Okay. Yeah. Then in April, we're going to read Daisy Jones and the Six, which I I'm cannot wait. So that's so Taylor about. Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins Reads new book. Mm-hmm. And it's, there were so many plurals there, but I guess it's because Jenkins and then read plural. Yeah. Possessive. You got it right. Um, that sounded funny. Her new book. And she wrote The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which was probably one of the best, best books I read in all of 2017. Second that. Yes. And this is about a groupie following a band in the 60s or 70s. And every review of it I've read compares it to Almost Famous, which I love, the movie with Kate yes. Hudson. So very excited. And then our May book, we really like, we oh, got extra we really, credit points. Yeah. We, we are scheduled. Yeah. Our May book is Normal People by Sally Rooney, uh, which I mentioned I read her first book. And this book has gotten so much praise. It was long listed for the Man, Man Booker Prize. Um, everyone I know who has read it is has said such great things. And I'm really jealous because I, I want to like go to Europe and pick myself up a copy. So Yeah, can we do that? There must be a way to get it early. I don't know. Well, it's coming out soon, and we're going to read that. Yeah, we're we, going to read that. We also have some amazing guests lined up. Oh, my so, God. Tell them about next week. Oh, my God. Next week, we have Jared Freed, who is one of my favorite comics. He um, is on the Betches podcast, You Up, and he has his own podcast, J Train. He's absolutely hilarious. He is going to be answering your dating questions. Um, a lot of you already wrote in with questions for us. And then um, we also have my friend, our friend, Blair Eady, coming on, the fashion blogger. Everyone knows who Blair is. She's amazing. We confirmed today that we're going to have Hitha from Hitha on the Go. She's a travel expert. She's an entrepreneur. She's amazing. She has this new newsletter that we're, we're both obsessed with, um, Five Smart Reads. So every Saturday she sends you, like, the best articles from every day. And You're getting ahead of yourself. I know. I'm so excited. And we have Ashley Spivey, who's going to do a crossover episode with us um, about 99% mine. I'm so excited. I just love our lineup. I think it's really strong and just like interesting people that we want to hear more from. Yeah. And if you have ideas for who you would like to hear as a guest on the podcast, definitely send us an email. We're at badonpaperpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And or send us a DM. Becca will answer. I don't look at the DMs. <laughs> I get enough on my own account. Send okay. me a DM. I, okay. I reply to all my own. Okay. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff to come. Yeah. We can't wait. But in the meantime, come find us on the internet. Join our Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper Podcast uh, or follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. 
I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood, and my blog is thestripe.com. And we'll see you on the internet. Yeah. Talk to you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.